what is it? Do you remember the 90s? Yeah. You know, people were talking about getting piercings and getting tribal tattoos. Yeah. And people were singing about saving the planet and forming bands. Yeah. There's a place where that idea still exists as a reality, and I've been there. Where is it? Portland. Oregon? Yeah. Oh, well, hello, Justin. Ah, well, howdy, Chris. Fancy seeing you here. Welcome to another episode of I'm No Expert. I'm Chris. I'm Justin. We introduced ourselves that time. Wow, because it's episode five, number five of this podcast where we talk about beer in a way that is very amateurish. Is that a good description of the... Of the uh, I mean, I like to say approachable, but uh, that's because sure. I lie to myself. Sure. We're approachable. You can approach us and we'll not shoot you down. Um, I don't know if there's any fake follow-up this week. Do we have any fake follow-up? Not that I know of. No. I We had some feedback from the last episode, but nothing that I think. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Uh, NoExpertShow.com is the website. You can go there. You can comment on the posts. You can follow our Twitter there. And you can also shoot us an email, and we'll get those emails in our inbox. So, do you want to reveal what our secret theme is for this week? Sure. Well, this theme is, well, I won't take the credit. It all goes to Chris here. But this theme is both a brewery and a holistic style theme. So, we are doing sour beers this week. We have a uh, pretty well-heralded lineup of three sour beers from Cascade Brewing. So... How did you hear of him, Chris? Um, it was randomly. I was watching a YouTube video on brewing, and it just kind of popped up as a suggested video. Did a whole thing on Cascade Brewing. They're actually based out of Portland, Oregon, and they're they are they do they primarily do sour beers or like sour style beers. They don't like to say that they have a specific like sour style, even though we're going to talk about two different styles tonight that we're drinking. Um, but they don't have – they're very kind of like avant-garde, just kind of whatever, you know. Is the spirit of the 90s alive the spirit, with Cascade Brewing? It is. The spirit of, of the 90s is alive in Cascade Brewing. In Portland. In Portland, Oregon. We should go to Portland. I'd go sometime. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Um, so we've got three different sours from Cascade tonight. Um, we're going to start with the, the Creek Ale. Yeah, so uh, we're. Uh, I guess I'll point out the merit of this beer first. So this is the Cascade Creek Ale, and on Beer Advocate, they call it a Belgian Flanders-style ale, which surprised me a little just because Creek Ales are typically under the Lambic umbrella, but I suppose they all end up under the larger Sour umbrella, and since this is being brewed in America and not over in Lambic, Belgium... Then it probably doesn't actually classify. I, it's like not whole, exactly sure the geographical consequences of it all. Right. It's kinda, I think there is some kind of terroir element. It's an. It's maybe it's like like uh, champagne. You know how champagne has to be from real champagne has to come from like the Champagne region of France or someplace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's like sparkling wine. Maybe yeah. something like that. I yeah I know there is some aspect with the lambics where they're spontaneously fermented and often they have like whole pieces of fruit that are used in the brewing process mm-hmm. and but other than that uh, they're 
they're both going to result in a sour ale. Yeah. So, so Flanders Red Ale, uh, 7.10 ABV. And notes and comments and descriptions. Um, our creek spends over six months in a lactic fermentation and aging in oak barrels. This Northwest-style sour red ale is fermented for eight months with fresh whole bing and sour pie cherries. Hmm. Well, they went ahead and clarified the type of cherry there. So there you go. Bing that makes cherries. it easy. Uh, this beer won a bronze medal in 2008 at the Great American Brew Festival. It was their first beer to ever win a large medal. All three of these have won, but... This is the first one. Cool. Uh, this one, this particular bottle is from 2013. Or if you want to say the year correctly, 2013. Because we need to stop saying 2000 and whatever. It's 2013. Justin, what year is it right now? Uh, it's 2013. No, it's not. It's 2014. Yeah, it is. I feel tricked. <laughs> See, you led me into it and but I it's just... Not, it's not 2014. No, no, it's 2014. That's the incorrect way of saying mm. it. I feel bamboozled. Now you know. Well, I followed you blindly. This is what I get. So, uh, initial pour, color-wise, it looks really red. Yeah. Like, really red. Like, we're just drinking blood straight from the heart of a giant. I agree. It's uh, a lot of sediment in there. And it looks like multicolored sediment. I'm, I don't know. A the- rainbow of sediment just sitting in the bottom who knows what it could be well it says it ferments with cherries i'm honestly wondering if we have actual aspects of the cherry that are in this like probably with cherries just still in the bottle they told us when i got it about a week ago they were like uh well it's probably going to be like really shaken up during shipment so you may want it to have it kind of hang out for a couple of days mm-hmm. just to kind of settle down because it's very there's stuff in it that makes sense with a sour because sours are pretty much always live fermenting with whatever yeast or bacteria, and that's kind of how they get some of that funk to them. Yeah. So that's somewhat to be expected. Um, it smells like pie filling, but <laughs> that's when it sounds, it sounds like pie filling. Yeah, I kind of ruined it when we read the sour pie cherry quote. We could have pretended that was us, uh, well, but <laughs> no. it, it does straight up smell like tart cherry pie. I mean, in a liquefied form. Yeah. Just if you just opened up a can of like that cherry pie filling and smelled it, it would be sort of close to that. <laughs> I just realized that you just clarified that the beer was in fact in a liquefied form. And oh, I, I think our listeners appreciate it's that. It's a liquid, not yeah. actual cherry pie filling. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. That could be a, a spinoff show where you open up different cans of pie filling and you rate them based on their flavor and how they work in a pie. Can you eat this pie filling by itself? There's no pie filling that I can't eat by itself, so let's just be clear. But I'm going to find one. I'm going to find a pie filling you can't, you could not eat by itself without being in a pie. Good luck. I enjoy savory pies too, so <gasps> the spectrum is open. <sighs> but um, I'd make a great fat person, maybe someday. <laughs> but uh, I guess one smell clarification is that uh, it does smell like fresh cherries. It doesn't. Uh, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this, but I'll shoot this direction anyway. It doesn't smell like I went through an Arby's drive-through and pulled apart a turnover. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, it's a legitimate cherry, like fresh cherry smell. Right, right. It's not. It's not a. It's not overly sugared. It's not artificial smelling. It's got the brightness and tartness of the fruit, not necessarily the sugary side of it. Right. Okay. Well, let's let's, let's drink it. 
Is that what we do next? Is that how we do this? We smell it. We look at it. Well, we uh, it. mine's a liquid, so I'm going to drink it, but you probably go got to go get a fork. Oh, hold on. I'm going to get a fork here. Hold on. I'm going to get a fork. Get in a fork. Uh, this seems like a spork apartment anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Hmm. Oh, you're pointing to me. Like, I should go first. Like, I should know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, you organized the show. <laughs> It, I, I just bought the beers. I didn't. Or, I didn't know what they taste like. Well, not surprisingly, opens up with a lot of the fruit and gets tartar and tartar as it as you drink it. Yeah, Good. <laughs> making it somewhat hard to talk. Building yeah, up like, on my palate, it's like mm, okay, yum, 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 yum. That's what it's like a little bit. That's kind of the mouth feel with this one a little bit. Um, I don't get the sour is is like really not overwhelming it's not overly sour did you get that or no you look at me like I'm a no crazy no person. no you're right i agree that the sour's not overly sour the build-up is more the uh tart fruit the more the fruit side of things than the sour tart side of things that no. i was trying to speak of a second ago so I'll, i agree there is something at the end that kind of cuts off the sour though i haven't maybe it's a woody taste maybe that's from the barrel aging i I almost want to say it's some kind of slight chocolate angle, which could make sense with some kind of malt that they used. Mm -hmm. But there's something that's bringing it down, which is nice because it makes me want to take another sip. Right. It's not so overly fruity, sour flavored notes. You get kind of this. I get I get kind of the wood aspect of it kind of in the middle of the taste. Like the first there's like the levels. Isn't there a level thing where it's like multiple levels of the taste yeah. as you're physically drinking it? Yeah, that's the theory. It's different parts of your palates as you're drinking. Right. So. so this one's like in the middle of my tongue. And for the audio listeners, I'm in the middle of my tongue. Right? Right there. Is that where you get it? Like here? Yeah. Right there on my tongue? That's where I get it. Um, it's like a woodsy kind of mellow flavor. I'm still trying to put a nose on what that is that cuts it off there at the end. I don't think it's chocolate. I think it's a woody. I, I'm getting wood and maybe maybe more along the vanilla side of things. Vanilla. Interesting. Very slight. Very slight. Very but, like a little, like a hint of vanilla. Yeah. I don't get too much spice in it at all. Not, I agree. It's uh, not an overly subtle beer, but it is a good beer. Hmm. I mean, Oak Barrel's would maybe possibly give you some vanillin flavor because i mean like barrels that have been aged before if you get like the really crappy vanilla extract like the three dollar bottle mm -hmm. it's usually vanillin extracted from wood so that's like wood does have some vanillin flavor in it and if it's aged with enough sour stuff i feel like it probably could pull it out of the barrels maybe. okay uh, I don't know. Science. No, I like your theory. Science. L anything that leans credence to the crap that I'm espousing over here, will uh, I'll give you a thumbs up. Do it. Yeah. Um, I really like this beer, but I'll be honest. I wish I had some food to cut with it. It's that that wood taste is nice and makes me want to have another. But after a couple, there's a strong right. build up here for me. Yeah, it's like a. I think you you get that with like a lot of sours where. It's really good to have like one, maybe two in like a sitting, if you maybe like with a flight. But because they're so, it's so like upfront with a flavor, it's hard to really like cleanse your palate of it 
because there's so much going on and there's so much of that like sour acidic flavors that are happening that you just get it's like it's kind of like eating like a spicy food like if you keep eating the spicy food it gets less spicy but then everything else you eat is also spicy as well yeah i i agree eventually it just becomes a bit overload right you're like ah, i can't deal with this but it's good i definitely enjoy this as i think i got something like I said it on last week's show with, I forget which one, but it's smell does not match its taste. Smell does not match its taste? Like, I smell pie filling. Mm-hmm. I expect to be drinking liquefied pie filling. I don't, which is interesting. I get what you're saying. It, you, in the smell, holy crap, it's hard for me to talk. <laughs> this is, this is making it difficult on my tongue here. In the smell, you're getting more than just that tart fruit. You're getting a bit more... I'm getting more of the earthiness in the smell that makes me think maybe there's going to be a more nuanced element to it as well. Mm -hmm. But when I'm tasting it, it's pretty much all fruit. Yeah. So it's not quite... Not quite the dichotomy of last week where I was like, someone put a hood over my eyes. This is 100% not what I thought I had. This one is just a different angle on it. Yeah. For me. Right. I get that. Kind of... I think there's like the the combination of the cherry slash woodsy sort of aged kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You can definitely tell that there more than likely was probably real fruit in on the bottom of this barrel. Yeah, like a kind of like a yogurt. You know how they have the fruit on the bottom yogurt, like the Greek yogurt. Yeah, yeah, and, and you open it up and it's like, oh, it's just a Greek yogurt. But then you mix it around, and it's like, oh, surprise, there's cherries at the bottom yeah well uh it does say pretty clearly on most of the wrapping fruit, fruit on, the, on bottom. the bottom fruit in the barrel fruit and in this case fruit in the bottle there we go yeah it's a good beer i wish there was some more some more of that earthy or maybe there are some acidic notes but maybe some stronger acidic notes just to kind of cut the fruit taste a little yeah but uh I mean, I'd get it again. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. So. What's interesting about Cascade, and I was reading, and when they did the profile, and we'll link the profile in the post of the show um, if you want to see kind of their brewing process, which is kind of cool. Um, they have all these projects. They name all of their beers like these different projects. This one has been made multiple times, but because you're dealing with like fermentation, every like year, it's different. Like Every time you brew it, it's going to be slightly different and really every barrel is also super different as well because the sure. temperature and like the type of wood and then maybe the, some kind of bacteria that got in, it just kind of makes it a different flavor. I was looking, they have um, on the notes on beer advocate, they were listing the different years of this one. And literally the ABV goes like 6.6, 8.1, 7.3, 7.1. And we're drinking a seven one. So it's kind of this, that whole like roller coaster of yeah. how is the yeast fermenting? You know, how do you, what's, what's the fruit doing to the actual beer? What do you get with, you know, different aging times? What's the humidity? You know, that's all in these like crazy factors that they're just kind of like, oh, fine, whatever. We'll just do it and see what happens. And if we open it up and it's awful, it's awful. But if we open it up and it's really good, then hey, it's like a one-off almost. That's kind of why I like sour beers. They kind of have this black magic hocus pocus about them because all this live fermentation stuff is a probability numbers game. So a lot of times you are just trying to implement the exact same thing 
and hope that the bacteria reacts in the exact same way so we get the exact same funk characteristic. But you don't know that you will necessarily. Right. All right, which is kind of cool about like like any craft brewery that is does really small batches like Cascade does because they're not so worried about are we going to be able to reproduce this in six months? They're just like, we made it. It worked out well or it failed. Let's just do something else. Yep. They're yeah. not afraid to just like throw everything out and then try again. In fact, I I forget the brewery name, but there was a brewery in Belgium who is pretty famous for craft uh, sour beers. And when they expanded their brewery center, they they used to brew by this old musty wood wall. And they actually took the wall as a whole piece and moved it directly beside their new brewing operations because they thought somehow the bacteria in this old musty barn <laughs> might be affecting the brewing process of that's, that live fermenting bacteria. That's insane. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Um, any final thoughts on this beer? No. Um, it's good, but I wish I had a piece of toast or something. I've got to make toast. We might make toast. We can make toast. Yeah, there's... Absolutely. You heard it here first. Justin likes toast and this beer. Yeah, toast. We'll be right back. Hey, Chris. Welcome back to I'm No Expert, episode five. Yes, welcome back. Just got back from Arby's. No, I'm lying. You're totally lying. Yeah, I'm lying. If you skipped at this point of the show, you're really confused. So am I. Uh, this week, we're featuring a style and a brewery, Cascade Brewing, actually, from Portland, Oregon, whose style is sour beers. Yeah, I... I mean, they sent us this new card here talking about why sour beers are the new in vogue brew. Ooh, fashion forward. Yeah, I use words. And uh, <laughs> to the truly devoted beer geeks, tart barrel-aged beers are the new IPA. And Cascade Brewing is a pioneer of the Northwest-style sour beer movement. So Interesting, yeah. I think I, I kind of get that because it was kind of... I really didn't get into craft beer. Like, I'm very, very recent. I'm still very green. Sure. You're, you're a seasoned veteran uh, of the craft beer scene. Right? Yeah. And I think that if you look back on what's becoming more popular in mainstream culture, it was what's cool with like beer hipsters two years ago. I think Does so. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think originally IPAs came in. Not Well, not originally, but since I got into it, when I first got into it, IPAs were the huge thing. Bigger and bigger IPAs just... These hop bombs, as much hop as you could possibly fit in there. Right. Highest IBU. And I think nowadays, while that's still a prevalent trend, that uh, these sour beers are becoming more and more popular. And uh, all thanks to great breweries like Cascade. Yeah, cool. So our number two beer this week is Cascade's Vlad the Impaler. Ah, see what you did there. Right? You get it? Get yeah. It? Um, this has this is American Wild Ale. It has an ABV of... 
10.6. And do you want me to read the description? I would love for you to read the description. A blend of oak barrel aged 23 and 25 degree Plato sour blonde quadruple with sour bourbon barrel triple and sour strong spiced blonde wild yeast was also added during the barrel aging. Wow. And uh, when was this one bottled then? Because it uh, had to have sat for longer than the creek, just uh, by 20, definition. 2011? 2011? Yep. Oh. Yes. yes. Yes, sir. 2011. So it's older than the creek we had before because it's been more aged. It's mm-hmm. more mature. Uh, overall, color-wise, uh, still... God, it's just floating things in here. That's always kind of weird. <laughs> There's always going to be sediment with a good sour beer. You know that. Uh, stuff in the bottom. Uh, color-wise, I think it's a dark... It's it's a complete dark honey color. Like yeah. Like a really good honey. Um, like a real honey. That's what this is. So you can... It's light passes through it, but it's very kind of yellow honeyed color. I'd agree with that. Light, lighter than an amber, darker than your typical honey you would get at a store. But I yeah, absolutely. Like I'm not don't think honey at the store like out of the little bear and you can like see through him. This is like honey you get from like a real beekeeper that has stuff in it, and this has stuff in it, so you can't see through it. All the honey I've ever gotten is directly out of some of those semi-transparent bears, so I'm just going to have to take your oh, word for we it. we got to get some but. real honey. Like some real honey, and then you put some real honeycomb in it. Mm. That's, that's yeah, that's real. That sounds good. That's real honey. That's Does hipster honey right there. Buzz the bee, deliver it to your front door. Uh, he does. He has a beard. This show is sponsored by Mediocre Cereal. <laughs> <laughs> Buzz the bee. Wait, is that the Honey Nut Cheerios bee? Buzz the bee? Yeah. No, it's not. Is it not Buzz the Bee? I have no idea. I thought That's it was. That's not real. I don't think Buzz I'm crazy. Buzz the Bee is not the Cheerios mascot. Buzz the Bee. Honey Nut Cheerios. Are you joking? Uh, well, it's just a Google link, so let's wait and see what... Let's actually see. I mean, it's on the internet. It's yeah, gotta no, be real. I'm getting there. Anyway, what Justin looks up... If Buzz, Buzz Bee. Buzz Bee. It, yep. Originally named Buzz Bee. Now they just call him Buzz. So when I call him Buzz the Bee... All I'm right. just describing his character. Okay. So, hi, Chris the Human. Hi, Buzz the Bee. What? <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, I mean, you're not Buzz the Bee. You're Justin. Um, anyway, uh, what do you, do you, so you agree with my, my color? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, on the nose. Ooh, I, I like that term. On the nose. Smells like beer. Um, there's a distinct sourness to the smell. That's what I get. Yeah, um, What's the what's the good word for this? I heard somebody say it the other week. Um, tartness, lactic tartness, lactic from the lactic acid. Oh, I, okay, I get that. I, you can definitely tell it's blended because there's not a lot of individual smell notes. I, I smell mine. I'm wondering if we're getting something different because smell, smell notes. I'm getting a, a kind of an odd smell because it's a mild smell, but I'm getting butter. Pretty distinctly a buttered smell. Okay. And I'm also getting a uh, some kind of bourbony smell. Hmm. A su- uh, bourbon sweetness smell? Yes. Maybe? Yeah. Okay. I get that. We'll see if we get the bourbon booziness. I'm guessing we will. Didn't you say this was 10. 11? 10.6. 10.6. So yeah. we'll get there. And it's like so, there's so many different things blended in this. This is going to be crazy town. Yeah. I take back the bourbon smell. I'm not getting that at all. There's a miss. You are such a liar. Yeah, flip-flopper right here. Gah! Uh, but I get the bourbon sweetness. That's what I get. 
I I get sweetness, but if, if we're going to talk as far as how it was aged, I'm getting more wine taste mm-hmm. on the back end. I get that um, in the middle. I get bourbon sweetness on the tip of my tongue. I get sours on the uh, the edges of the tongue portion. Oh, there you go. Doing the whole tongue diagram. Right. Uh, f- uh, for the audio listeners, uh, tip of the tongue sounds like this. Middle of the tongue, ha ha ha. Edge of the tongues, or tongue, sounds like this. Edge of the tongue. Okay. Remember just a minute ago when you said more years meant it was more mature? It doesn't work no, with humans. No, it doesn't. No, it's opposite. Yeah. Opposite with humans. Yeah. Theater of the mind. Imagine your tongue, stick it out, and then poke your tongue, and then try to say different things, and then it'll it'll match up. Right. Middle of the tongue, you put your finger. Try it at home. Okay, listeners, try it right now. Stick out your tongue. <laughs> Wherever you are. I'm going to stop you before you start the bulimia club. <laughs> That's probably not an no. angle we should go. We're not going out there. All right. Anyway, uh, other flavors that you're tasting. This finish is a lot drier than the first one. Mm, um, I get that. So yeah. just, just as a side comment, not as a flavor. But um, I am getting more spice in this one. It, it's going to take me a minute to try to figure out what it is. But I'm getting a distinct vinegar taste to this one. I, I get that too. I think it could be because of the length of aging that this was. And I I also get kind of that that whiny kind of mouth feel a little bit. And I think that's also due to aging. What I definitely distinctly get that's different than the first one was it's not as sour. It's yes. definitely much more mild on a sour front. Well... Yeah, I'm going to say more nuanced instead of more mild. It's got more flavor to it that maybe distracts from the sour. But would you agree that, like, the sour flavor is less? Yeah, it's not as intense. They turn down the sour knob a little yeah. bit. Okay. I mean, from, like, an 11 to an 8, it's still... <laughs> yeah, it's still sour. Like, you can still taste it. But it's not... It's less of a, like, punch-you-in-the-face, overwhelming sour kind of thing. Are you getting any apple to this? I think I'm tasting some apple. I, I think it's riding along with the vinegar taste for me. Kind of. It goes away quick into that wood type taste. Yeah. I am almost getting kind of an apple wood flavor. Kind of an apple wood smoke mm-hmm. flavor almost. Like if you take like an uh, like apple wood that hasn't been burned... And it's been like soaking. That's kind of a flavor complexity that I'm getting a little bit with it. Could be coming from the barrel. I'm not really sure if there's apples in this. I'm not sure either. I'm just, I feel like it's uh, some kind of taste I'm getting there. Maybe it's just a lightness of fruit of some sort. It could be. There's not, there's some like distinct fruit sweetness in there. I think I'm getting more of a bourbon sweetness than I am getting a fruit sweetness. I'm getting the bourbon as well towards the end, but uh, early, I'm getting the apple a little earlier on, kind of by the vinegar, like I was saying, but I I could be crazy. Mm, yeah, a little bit. Uh, I definitely get like a vinegar sour at the very back of a, of the taste. Maybe it's more of a blend of fruits. Maybe it's not mm. an apple. Maybe it's, I don't know, kind of a citrus, a lighter fruit blend where we're getting maybe some apple, maybe some lemon pear 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 would fit well with what i'm tasting Apple, i'm gonna pears. stick with those three those are kind of the three blend that i can 
mentally ruminate upon and i think it's working i guess i could kind of see lemon but i don't know if it's lemon as in real lemon or if we're just getting really like at a sick note yep happening that's true that could just remind you of of lemony flavors Mm -hmm. to this it's what do you think of the mouthfeel of this one compared to the first one um it's less the the previous one was more viscous this one is more wine feel maybe because of the higher abv just how it kind of sits on the palate a little bit more mm-hmm. this one has a bit more of a, a funk to it than the other one the other one was tart this one's kind of got a spicy funk to it and i'm not i'm not saying it's cheese like but that funk is reminiscent of a cheese yeah i get that like a fermentation sort of funky yeah. twang mm-hmm. a little bit to it i'm not sure what cheese but i don't know it's i'm, I'm gonna name cheeses i'm, I'm getting you're, cheesy you're getting cheesy um Cheddar cheese. Absolutely not. Mozzarella cheese. No. Parmigiano Reggiano. No. Uh, Jarlsberg. Not sure what Jarlsberg cheese is. Swiss cheese. It, you, this really isn't a good game Fon- to play with me. Fontina. <laughs> All right, we're going we're gonna to have to stop this game because Romano. I'm, I'm, I'm just, the ones that I know it doesn't taste like. It, it's just i can tell you know it's like cheesy. three cheeses yeah i, I probably the yellow on... cheese the white cheese and the one that has the speckles in it right the speckles <laughs> of course i know pepper jack give me a break <laughs> perfect um any final thoughts on this one um no i think i've uh successfully bumbled my thoughts over here again and again it's it's good. It's drier than the first one, which I'm appreciating. That that vinegar is a little more forefront to me. I like. We didn't pull out any necessary spices, but there is some kind of spice quality to this one. I'm getting that wasn't in the first one. Yeah, there's a density quality to it, where because I think based on how it's blended before it's aged, mm-hmm. there's just like a heaviness to this one almost that I didn't get with the previous one. Yeah, I would agree. The other one was much more uh, sharp. Yeah. More like, and this one's like, indubitably. All right, so uh, we'll be right back after this short musical interlude. Chris. Oh. Oh. Well, hey, oh. Justin. Yeah. Just flip-flopped it back on me. Uh, welcome back to I'm No Expert. This is the part of the show that we like to teach you stuff just like Schoolhouse Rock. And if I made it in post-production, I would have put a Schoolhouse Rock song before this. So you would have heard it and then been like, oh, that's Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah, and no, then, no. 
Now we're teaching. Do you get it? Yeah, provide some relevance. Right, exactly. So this week we're talking about temperatures, and specifically temperatures, uh, beer serving temperatures. Because there's lots of uh, kind of differences between styles of beers, and what's the optimal temperature that a beer should be served at to most enjoy it um the beers that we're having today are are sours and cascade brewery recommends that you serve these at 40 degrees fahrenheit am i correct Did uh I just yes make that up yes you're correct or at least the 40 degrees is correct can we get a verify that it's 40f not 40c i'm joking it's 40f it's definitely 40F. 40, 40c would 40C. be so hot <laughs> for you guys who don't know zero degrees celsius is freezing 100 degrees celsius is boiling yeah like the rest of the world uses. Um, so we kind of have a, a couple of different levels, and I'm going to kind of go through the different styles. And so you have, start with very cold. Very cold is 0 to 4 degrees Celsius, 32 to 39. So we're right at freezing point of regular water. Now, remember, beer is not just water. There's stuff in it. Uh, there's alcohol, which lowers the freezing point. There could be yeast there could be all kinds of other stuff in it that prevents it from freezing at exactly 32 so at this point this is a beer that you're going to drink that you don't want to taste pale lagers malt liquors canadian style golden ales low alcohol canadian american or scandinavian style ciders so that's going to be really 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 low temperature low temp dulls your tongue not a lot of flavor going on Next step up, you go anywhere between 39 and 45. Um, this can be Hefeweizen, premium lagers, Pilsners, classic German Pilsners, fruit beer, um, Belgian whites, dark American dark lagers, sweetened fruit lambics. And um, so you're, you're increasing the temperature. Again, you're amplifying the taste buds a little bit as you jump up in temperature. Cool can be classified anywhere between 45 and 54 degrees. So we're definitely above kind of normal beverage temperature when you get into this range. We're not hitting at room temperature. It's still slightly cooler. This could be like an American pale ale, an amber ale, uh, a dry stout, a porter, an English-style golden ale, an unsweetened fruit lambics, a Belgian ale, um, Vienna, a triple, an Irish ale, French or Spanish style ciders. Then you've got cellar temperature, which is anywhere between 54 to 57 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, this is kind of like, think of it like your basement temperature. If you ever had a basement, it's kind of that kind of not regular room temperature. It's kind of cooler at this point. Uh, here you're at, uh, a bitter's um, IPAs, English pale ales, uh, English strong ales, um, uh, doubles or Abbey doubles, uh, Belgium strong ales, box, uh, Scottish ales, Scotch ales, American strong, um, those kind of things. And they're English style ciders. So again, it's warming up. You still get a coolness to it, but you're almost hitting wine territory at this point. Definitely, uh, red wines, definitely red wine blends are very similar to this drinking temperature and serving. Uh, the next two are going to be very odd. There's going to be warm, which is 57 to 61, and hot, which is anything over 158 degrees. Um, 57 to 61, barley wines. Um, you could do a quadruple and an imperial stout. An imperial double IPA could be doppelbox and meads. Could be drank at this temperature. 
hot is going to be spiced Moroccan ales kind of really specialize when you get to really, really hot temperatures. Just basically you're drinking like a tea or a coffee temperature at this point. I was about to say that's warmer than a lot of the times when I actually drink coffee when right. you get up to this hot range. Right. And then because it's a and it's an alcohol, it's really turning up all those spices, all those flavor compounds because your tongue is more sensitive at, at hotter temperatures. But can be also dulled at really hot temperatures. So you kind of get this weird sort of your tongue's really dull at colder temperatures. You get this mid-range, this room temperature range, just slightly cooler. You get really, really intense flavors. Then you go the opposite way. Really, really hot can overly dull the tongue so you don't get any any more taste, any more flavor happening. Yeah, I, I think personally I find that um, you got these from Rape Beer, right? Mm-hmm. I, I find that a lot of times I like to kind of augment these up a little so i like to taste them a little warmer right but that may be a downfall of my own tasting ability that i needed a little warmer so that my tongue's a little more active but yeah and it's always like recommended i mean you can always do whatever you want like if you wanted to grab a sour and put it in the freezer and chill it down really really cold that's what you can do it's it's whatever you like to enjoy it's just what the brewer kind of sets as a style based on characteristics of the the beer the yeast the alcohol content that can all be factored into what's the optimal temperature to actually enjoy the beverage at. Uh, again, not to compare wine too much, but you definitely get the same kind of differences between wine. Um, you don't really chill red wine because that can deaden all of the flavors there because they're really subtle. Uh, same thing with beer. If you you know cool a beer down too much and drink it in, right after, then it's not going to taste as good if you warm it up. Yeah, true. But, uh, well, at least now we know how to know when to drink our beer without having to look at a picture of mountains and gauge just how blue to white they are on a gradient scale. Shots fired. If you could name that beer, send us a tweet, send us an email. We'll give you a, I don't know, a signed picture of our faces or something. Are we that famous yet? No, we're not. No. Just kidding. Uh, all right. We'll be right back with our third and final beer. Justin. Oh, hey, Chris. Welcome back to I'm No Expert, the show where we talk beer and talk about other stuff sometimes, too. Uh, I'm Chris. I'm Justin. Uh, Thanks for subscribing to the show. You can find out more information about the show by going to noexpertshow.com or follow us on Twitter. Or you can follow me on Twitter at C. Loudenslager. Justin's on Twitter at Link for Justin. We'll put that in the post so you can follow us there. We're also on Untapped. We'll put that in the show notes for Yep. Um, we're this week we're talking about Cascade Brewing. They're out of Portland, Oregon. We have had two sours previously. We're on to our third sour, and this is called the Cascade 
bourbonic plague. Let me see. I was waiting for the dramatic pause there. Yeah, no, I I got tired of it. It's a American Wild Ale, ABV of eleven point five, and this is a blend of strong dark porters with aged and oak wine and bourbon barrels, then blended with a dark porter that had been brewed with vanilla beans and cinnamon. The blend was then aged an additional fourteen months on on dates. Dates is in the fruit. I guess. Your favorite. Read the bottle. Well, it's it's from 2011. It says the exact same thing. Okay. Uh, bourbon, uh, aged in bourbon and wine barrels for 18 months I'm before aging in on dates and spices for an additional up to 12 months. Okay. So this has been sitting around for a long dates time. Dates is a legitimate fruit? I mean, I don't have problems with dates. Well, it's no... It's not in the fruit of the loom fruit hierarchy, but it, it's a fruit. You know, they're more mainstream if we have to talk about fruits, if we're fruit of loom. Uh, initial color, it's black. It's motor oil at this point. Uh, there's, yeah, there, there's really no other way to say the color because even holding it up directly to the light with my fingers behind it, there's nothing you that I can see. see. Anything. It's, yeah. it's very, very dark. The uh, bottom of the glass, if you hold it high enough, get the right angle, you can get a little red color, but it's it's pretty much black. Yeah, it's you can't see anything through this. There's lots of stuff in there. Yeah. Um, smell. Um, there wasn't much head to this beer either. I guess I should point that out. The first two uh, didn't necessarily retain a lot of head, but they fizzed up pretty well. Yeah. This one was a uh, relatively flat pour. What do you think on the smell of this one? Well, there's no hiding the bourbon. Right. That bourbon is right up front in the smell for me. Um, there is some spice, though. Maybe cinnamon? Uh, well, it has to be because they told us there's cinnamon in there. But Aha, uh, That's what I get. Uh, I get that. I get that a little bit. It's not overly. I wasn't even listening. It's, of course you weren't. It was, it's, not a, it's not really up front at all with cinnamon. It's just kind of a little bit on on the back end of like the smell profile yeah i'm trying to attribute it to something I, i'm still gonna stick with cinnamon it's it's hitting for me about the kind of at the end of the bourbon i'm getting a bit of a woodsy smell not smoky but kind of wood yeah and i'm trying to i think i'm attributing the cinnamon in that same area yeah i'm just trying to figure out what exactly that area is and i think what's interesting is that with the other two and now including this one they have all been aged in some kind of barrel at some point. And that woodsy note, that aromatic woodsy note is, is happening all throughout them. Mm -hmm. And I think that just like any other aromatic just kind of lifts everything a little bit. You don't get so much flavor complex of you, you don't taste wood. It's more kind of, it's this kind of like lifting factor that kind of elevates all the other flavors. I don't disagree with your point, but I, I do think you do somewhat taste the quality or the type of wood in some of the beers. In some of them. But, in some of them. I but don't. it is cool. There's such a diversity of beer that all have the same kind of characteristic where you get some woodsy element to it. I I guess this is my last comment on smell. I'm getting some fruit notes. Um, I don't know about dates, but dark fruit notes. And I'm going to actually, to kind of contrast with the first beer, I'm going to say maybe a darker cherry. Mm. Getting some darker cherry smell to it. And uh, my uh, good old favorite reference, I'm going to say some... I was going to say plum, but I'm going to switch to grape here at the last second. Ooh, dark yeah. grapes. Yeah, cowboy that one. Pew, pew! Um, Taste-wise, it's... I think out of all three, we've definitely stepped down... Because we did, we did the reverse. We ordered these in 
least ABV to most ABV. Yes. And I think it's been most sour from the first one to least sour with this one. I agree, although I'm going to point out a point, a distinction that the first one was tart, just straight up tart. The next one was more of an acetic sour to me. And then this one is coming in. Uh, I'm still deciding. Let me have another sip or two. But the first one was tart. The second one was more acidic. This is a covert undercover spy sour at this point. It's really sort of, uh, it's there. It adds a lot of brightness to it, but there's not so much of a intense, like mouthfeel sour. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot going on, but for how much is going on, the, uh, the bourbon's not there as much in the taste as it is in the smell, which I kind of like. Mm-hmm. I, I mean that as a compliment. A lot of time, bourbon-aged things, you, you, I mean, it's just a bourbon taste, and you miss out. But there's there's a lot more going on here. I'm going to dive head first yeah, I back mean, in. With, with this one, I think there's a lot more in the sense of, of wine elements in the mouthfeel. And then you go even beyond that into like a really, really dark kind of um like a, a dark wine it's it's hard com- it's I, I don't want to compare it to wine too much because they're they're very different profiles but it's kind of in a in a mouthfeel profile that i get the, the yeah parody. yeah there's i i agree with you and i'm i'm not going to be able to say it any more eloquently so i won't try but i'm getting those distinct wine notes for sure i guess I'm going back to my sour comment earlier to switch gears, and I'm going to go with the first one was very tart. The next one was very acidic. The word for this one, I'm going to say is sharp. Oh, okay. So those are those are my three distinctions, and obviously there's no stylistic calls for those. Those are just – they're three different kind of partitions of what sour is to me. Yeah. I definitely You definitely get that because it's – I think sour with these is more contributed not so much as, as a flavor – but more of like a feeling of of sourness. So the first one is like this really it's like makes your mouth kind of pucker up a little bit. Um, the second one was kind of like a very vinegary sourness, and this one's kind of just sour and then it's gone. It doesn't linger. Yeah, and um, I know I should have said this earlier, but before I forget, this is also a medal winner at the GABF, and this one was a gold medal winner. So Ooh. this is their uh, top awarded beer out of the three here. And uh, but what else are you getting taste wise? Because we're sticking on the sour note, but I'm trying to let's get back to the taste. It's here. definitely it's definitely really really heavily blended, and I get some of I I can kind of get your what you said earlier about like fruit notes and general taste, and I get bourbon, but I also get bourbon sweetness to go back, and I feel like that's a really distinct taste. It's not a normal kind of you don't get that normal sweetness. It's this specifically just to bourbon flavor, and I think there's a something that goes off of the the age in bourbon barrels links with the sweetness of it and how it actually deals with the sourness of the beer. I agree. I think I I agree. When I, I there's not a but. I agree. I'm getting those dark fruits I got in the smell. Not as much bourbon as I got it, but I'm getting those same dark fruits and. I don't know, figs, prunes, list the stereotypical ones that I would say here. But it, it's more of an amalgamation. It's kind of hard to pull out individual ones for me. 
But then on top of that dark fruit flavor, I'm getting that sweetness from the bourbon, which is almost molasses-like to me. Yeah. And But there is enough of that sharp acid taste on the back end that it lifts it up a lot. Yeah. And compared to like another for, – for me personally, I'm not a big fan of A, bourbon by itself and like bourbon barrel anything, right? Any any kind of style. It's like, oh, bourbon barrel. Like because for me, it's one of two things. It's either you have an overly it's, – it's way too high ABV. So you get that before you can taste anything or it's way too sweet in the like I'm drinking just this weird like smoked honey flavor out of this glass and I don't get any other flavor profile. With this, I get bourbon barrel. I get bourbon barrel sweetness, but there's so much else going on that it evens that out and I enjoy it more. It's like the bourbon barrel isn't so much in like in my face because you get this woodsy flavor, this dark fruit flavor. And then there's like a sour note that kind of finishes and lifts and brightens it. Yeah. Um, I, I think just, uh, also comment on how the bourbon's affecting it. I'm getting a, a thicker mouth feel, not mm-hmm. quite like the first one, which was really a uh, cloying's not the right word, but kind of that effect to me. Yeah. But this, this one's a, it's a heavier mouth feel, which is kind of reminiscent of the bourbon barrels, but it, it doesn't taste like that. It, it does a weird balance where it's somehow really malty. But that, like, the fruit and the acidity is a really nice counterbalance. Yeah. Um, do we really want to rate these one, two, three, or what do you think? I don't know if we should rate them one, two, three. I think uh, they're too different to me to rate. I, I don't want to say apples and oranges because apples and oranges are easier to compare because— Right. These are so very distinctly different in style. Um I, I don't think there's any need to rank any. I I enjoy all. I think they all have their different place. I I enjoy them all. However, my favorite is going to be the first one. What? Yeah, favorites. Why don't we pick favorites? Okay. That's a my good call. favorite. My favorite one out of the three is is the Creek. The the cherry flavor, the really really intense, like sour like puckery mm-hmm. flavor. I really really enjoy that. That's my favorite. Well, okay. I'll agree with you that the first is most distinctive, but I think my favorite was probably this last one. I really like the Bourbonic Plague. I, Admittedly, I like whiskey. I like those bourbons. I like mm-hmm. my single malts, so maybe that's part of it. But uh, this has kind of a maltiness that kind of counterbalances it in a way that the first two just stylistically didn't have. It's not a bad thing. It's just a different style, and right. I think I tend towards the sweeter. So I, I'd pick the Bourbonic Plague as my favorite. All right. Any other final thoughts? No, not at all. Closing arguments. Well, I will rest my case that I had uh, admittedly never even heard of Cascade Brewing, and I enjoyed all three of these. On the little postcard they sent you, it looks like they got three more. Oh, yeah. So uh, You can definitely order Cascade Brewing. Um, they have a bunch of stuff. If you're in Portland, you can go see them. It's pretty cool that they do... They take the barrels and they put it like basically in the wall behind the bar and they tap it right there. Oh, that's out of, cool. Out of the wall. So they put the barrels in. They've got these big holes. They tap it right there. Um, yeah, there's about six or seven on their website right now that you can actually order um, from bottles. It's a little expensive um, if you're compared to just going to a local store. Uh, but it's cool that some breweries actually let you – just buy straight from them. I like supporting them and, you know, 
there was zero percent chance that Cascade would be distributed in Indiana because we're so far away. Yeah, well, we should asterisk this because uh, sometimes not all states can get liquor mailed to them. Yes, so they do highlight that on their website. If you live in certain states, you cannot get this sent to you. So if you're in one of those states... Find a buddy one state over and meet at the state line. Exactly. Do that. Uh, follow us on Twitter, No Expert Show. Uh, go to our website, noexpertshow.com. Uh, click on the subscribe link and send us feedback. Let us know what you think. Let us know what your thoughts on these beers are, if you get them. And, uh, you know, go beyond. Maybe you want to suggest a, a theme. Yeah, sure. Suggest a theme. Criticize us. Criticize the show. I really, I just want to hear back from our listeners. I get absurdly excited every time I hear back. I get like these little girl like on Christmas giggles, and you're, you're very excited. You're overly excited for it. Yeah, it's really embarrassing to watch him do that. Well, I'm glad that you say it too because uh, my girlfriend's. <laughs> I've made the mistake of checking the Twitter when we get feedback, like while we're out at a restaurant together. I start, you know, kind of hopping up and down. It's <laughs> it, it's embarrassing, but but no, really, it's. Uh, we love hearing back, so I'd love to hear any feedback from any listeners. All right, well, good night, Justin. Sweet dreams, Chris. Then when the gas runs out, just wreckage you insured the thing. I don't need to walk around in circles, walk around in circles, walk around in circles, walk around. Ah, come on, right here. I wasn't going to do it before you. I had to be last. We have to do it at the same time. Oh. Again. Again. Well, now we're just on a four beat. Oh. This is just... Oh. 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 No expert show. You are listening to no expert show. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) oh, oh. No, I'm continuing this. We we are not far from a jump rope rhyme, and uh, I just don't think that's the next social media direction the show needs Uh, to go. You mean a double dutch rhyme? Yeah, I don't know how to... Uh, 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 uh. Not really my realm of expertise. I can hopscotch with the best of them, but jump rope's not in my wheelhouse. Like ever four square? Oh, with the ball? Yeah, with four... Oh, yeah. So did you ever ever play like the old school four square? We have a lot of beer left. I know, that's fine. We'll just drink it. Um, It's (laughs) only... It's not even super late. No, it's not bad. It's so early tonight. What time is it now? Nine. I'm 45. I'll probably leave in like 45. Even an hour. Um, but I mean, did you ever play like the really lame four square where it was like cherry bombs or like shoe shiners? Yeah, that's how the fat kids got back. Yeah. So, um, in sixth grade, so my, my elementary school when I was living in Ohio, we had two playgrounds. We had the little kid playground, which had like the swing sets and the slides and the jungle gym and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then after 
That was one through third graders, and then fourth through sixth graders got to go onto the blacktop, which had the kickball fields, the tetherball courts, and the basketball courts. Ooh, privilege. To play soccer, and then we had the four square, which started out being like uh, kind of like the super blame, like oh, it's four square with like cherry bombs or whatever. And then one of our teachers taught us the real way to do four square, where you don't stand in the square, and it's like really, really, really fast. And it got insane. Like, we would have tournaments. We would have multiple four squares going on with seed ranking. Wow. We had this whole big, like, board. Who says you don't like sports? I mean, I wasn't very good at it. But, I mean, it's four square. Nobody can be really good at four square for longer than 20 minutes. Because it's... Someone can just totally destroy you at that one point well part of the problem is at that age the ball you're playing with is roughly like a quarter of the size of you as a person <laughs> so it's, it's and we play with like the the, the hardcore like dodgeballs like well rubberized like, yeah yeah like texturized balls that you could just if you like hit somebody in the face with them they're they're all well, ground dead. you know what's even worse uh if you ran out of those balls but you still had a court left so you went and got a basketball and then played with the <laughs> basketball definitely did that that's not that doesn't sound fun at all no no uh well it just depends if you're good and i guess you were champion of the playground i was more of a tetherball guy actually myself i uh ran around and called myself midget man so i had that going for me Wait, Midget Man? Why Midget Man? I don't remember. Uh, well, I, I vaguely remember... I have a horrible, horrible memory, by the way. But this was either second or third grade, because I was in Tennessee at the time. And there was this girl that I had a crush on whose name I don't remember, but I think it was Veronica. And she, Ooh, Veronica. Yeah, well, I remember what she looked like. She had a brunette in a wheelchair. R- real nice girl. Or I'm going to say so now. And uh, for some reason, she inspired the nickname, and I, I really stuck with it. You just carry it on to this day, right? I still have my yearbook at home. I could go look it up. 